When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm an ass-man Yeah, I'm an ass-man G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever else you might be listening to. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Welshie, g'day to you. G'day Tony. And that was of course the music of... Oh yes. Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass, Mr. Ass. One of our Facebook challenge. One of your favourites, Lyle. Uh, yeah, I was uh, actually... Uh, See, I'm disappointed about this one this week. No, I think this is a good one, because this I is a, one of my highlights of 2017, was seeing him wrestle live at a BCW show, ECW, a reunion or, yeah. uh He actually won the crowd over, and it was really enjoyable. And I, he was having fun in the ring, so... I love was, the Ultimate Warrior. I... Yeah, I thought he was good. Yes, yeah, just an energy ball, was he? He wasn't a very good wrestler. No, shocking wrestler. Blew up after two minutes every match. <laughs> but the, his well, entrance blew him up. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, we've got a big show uh, coming up. Dowie James to join us. Uh, fantastic to have him in the studio in just a sec to have a chat. He's had a, a, a great career, and we'll go through that. But uh, he's not ready to retire yet. Tony. No, 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 don't retire. Saying, no, I'm, I'm really looking still forward at the top to this. of his game. Got at least another 10 years, at least, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, one guy, though, that has retired is Cracker Jack, and we spoke to him about that last week. Great interview, that one. The feedback has been amazing. Yeah, it's been really good. And, you know, look forward to the future. We should have him in again, Tone. Yeah, well, I think we will. I've had a lot of people tell me it's their favourite episode. Really? Yeah. I told uh, you that. Yep. Well, you tell me that every week, so yeah. your heart... We're always beating you. <laughs> That's all we got to do, Tony. We've got but to beat I, I, I must admit, I did listen back to the episode and I laughed a lot at Cracker Jack. I think he's a very funny man and very insightful when it comes to wrestling. Yeah, he is. And so is this guy that joins us in the studio now, as we say a very, very good day to Dowie James. How are you, Dowie? I'm well, thank you. How are you, boys? Fantastic, thank you. I'm good too, yes. Yeah, yeah I'm good. <laughs> good to hear. Hey, mate, uh, congratulations on your career so far. It's uh, been pretty enthralling, I would have thought. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, been a lot of fun. It's... um. It's a weird thing I was singing today because I was coming in, obviously, like just sort of reflecting on the run we've had the last bit. And I don't stop and think back much. Like it's always just, especially now more than ever, like go, 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 that I'm thinking about the next show. That it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It feels bizarre at times. Uh, it's good. Sometimes you have to step back and smell the roses. Obviously, you know, yeah, it is go, go, go. Like so many different shows and now... With the MCW Academy, so yes. tipping you're pretty full on with that as yeah, well yeah, now. Yeah, eating up a lot of my time. Um, yeah, so I don't get much time to reflect. I had, In fact, today I had a fan send me like a short snippet from a show I did. It would have been like 2008 or 2009 called Nightmare Wrestling, and I remember that the show existed. I remember that I did go to Sydney to do it. I do not remember any of it. Like, I don't remember the promo that I was watching back. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, okay. Because um, it just seems now, like, even when I think back, like, MCW's just been such a big chunk of my career and it's sort of expanded exponentially over the last two or three years more than anything um but yeah it just consumes me <laughs> so what does your typical day look like now that you've um at mcw academy um so most days i'm up and out so i can be at work my day job that we don't talk about much uh until 4 p.m or so and then i've got to gun it from the city out to thomastown uh to be there by five so i can open up we usually start class at 5 30 and run them back to back getting out like 10 10 30 at night and home by 11 to do the same thing the next day so how many are you normally getting to a class? Um, we're averaging, it, it sort of fluctuates depending on the time periods. Um, and obviously, like, we've been really fortunate lately where we've had a bunch of outside talent coming down and doing seminars with our students. Like, we had Naito down for our opening weekend, um, and we've had Robbie Eagles run, running seminars as well as Will Ospreay and stuff. So for the most part, probably about 15, between 15 and 20. Um, we have quiet nights where not that many, and we've had, like, I think our first class we ran, we had 34 people show up. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is trying to spread them out a bit more evenly now. What's the oldest 
uh, student. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, good. Um, I we have someone in their early forties training down there. Oh, I'm still a chance. It's not too late for it's us. No, no, I don't think there's ever <laughs> too like late a... for you, Tony. <laughs> never, never too late for me. You've got managers' classes, haven't you? Yes, we do. We got promo classes running yeah, down yeah. there. Um, Trent Seven didn't start till he was in his late thirties. He was like thirty-seven or thirty-eight in his first training session. So there's still time, boys. I got two years then. Yeah, there they go. <laughs> the bumps just get harder to take. Yeah, Dale, you started wrestling at an interesting time in Australian wrestling. When yeah, it wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a lot going on. No, say there was a for what it was. Like I would have come in around the initial like boom for independent wrestling and Aussie wrestling. So back then. It seemed like it was going great and sort of like dropped off for a bit, but obviously nothing compared to what we've got going on now. How uh, did you, how, so you were in for the whole regrowth though. So how, how's, has it been a really slow build and then an explosion at the end? Or did you know it was happening ahead of time? No, I don't think so. Like um, it, it's sort of like there was a weird period. So previously the internet didn't exist or it did, but it was very primitive. So there was no social media and there was certainly not access to video and gifts and things like they were now. Um, so there was no other than like flyering and like face to face marketing. There wasn't like a huge basis for it. So when I came in, um, I, I started training at a company that's still around called PCW and I just attended a local show. It would have been in 2001. Um, and then sort of got into it from there. And I was like obsessed as a teenager. Like I was about 12 at the time I went to my first show, but like I'd buy every magazine I could get from like the news agency. Cause it was the only way to keep up with it. I couldn't like, other than tape trading. And as like a 12 year old kid, I didn't have much options for it. It's just like the odd video store would have like weird best of Hayabusa FMW VHSs and stuff you could grab at times, but there was never, like you couldn't keep up with independence like that. Um, so that first PCW show I went to was, there was probably like a couple hundred people, but it sort of grew a bit and then exploded when they did. I don't know if you boys are up to date with the Lobo Mad Dog like death match that happened in 2001 it was like I know of it yeah <laughs> yeah uh, and there's like tapes of it that float around and stuff and there was I like think, I think I commented it yeah <laughs> this sounds right sure actually yeah. yeah um so there was like about a thousand people at that show or something yeah. and then it sort of just dropped off and dwindled big time like sort of on the the coming years Correct. like um and then PWA started up and that went away and there was just no... I think the biggest problem with it was consistency. Not that there ever wasn't a market. It was just PWA showed that same thing where it came in and it started small like MCW has and it grew its sort of crowd base and it was using forums and internet at the time at what it had and that did prove to be like effective in... If you look at those first shows and those last shows, like the growth of the crowd and that there was people following along with the stories and like invested in what we are doing month to month. Um, but when that closed after like two or three years, everything that started up in Melbourne just... Like, it was just a show here and a show there and a venue one side of town, and they didn't really know how to market, and they didn't know how to capitalize on that. Um, so MCW was exciting because it was seeing the same growth that I'd seen previously, but just on a bigger level, like seeing like people on Facebook and Twitter being able to access it and getting like that instant recognition instead of like waiting weeks and maybe coming across a forum post to give you feedback or something like that. Um, and no, I don't think like it really registered. It was just like that. It's like now when people complain about like the quality of their Netflix and they don't know how hard it was to get a hold of movies and things like that or they do know but they're just they're not worried about that they're worried about the instant dissatisfaction yeah. so I think we're watching like that and we're not thinking about hey we never used to be able to get like eyes in England on our product within like weeks and get that feedback and be able to adjust for a wider audience we'd only ever have the small ones so I, I don't think it was like anyone was really conscious of it until like we're doing the shows with progress and we're having like Osprey and having Akata come down and do the shows and it's like it's it's those moments of reflection again where you go back and we watch like a tape of the first show just like at the dragonfly yeah yeah and there's like 30 40 people in it and everyone's just like it's you see that and compare it to what we're just used to day to day like watching ourselves back and it's like oh yeah no we've done a lot like everyone's put in a bunch of work and it's finally like paying off the great thing about the dragonfly was that you normally got a feed at the end of it. The lemon it was chicken. Good, the lemon chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. The black bean was <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> so, like, touching on uh, the internet and the, the, the gifts and all that, is it real humbling when you see someone on Twitter and they're in another country and they're following on MCW Encore? Because, you know, as a fan, it blows my mind that, you know, these are my local shows. Yeah. And then I'm 
you know, I'm seeing the feedback from people in California and the week before they went to PWG, but they're following MCW at the same time. Like, is that... It is, it is. It's crazy. It, like, it's it's something that I still come to grips with and explaining it, it's really fun. I mean, it gets to the point where, like, I've got the big cartel sites, obviously. Every week I'm sending out orders for merch and things like that and it's just sort of become a routine that it's like, I'll have to send one thing international. But then explaining it to, like, someone that's not familiar with wrestling in the scene, it's like, oh yeah, this person in England has watched my stuff and, like, it enough to buy a shirt online of me and I now, now need to send that to them like it's you say that out loud and it's like oh yeah this is great <laughs> this is yeah a tremendous feeling and a couple of weeks ago uh, you this is a bit off topic but you were working for BCW and you ran out and made a save in a towel yes yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that you were I heard you throw an idea of going out in the towel the week before at a um, Warzone show. Yes. Is that where it, is that where it originated? I actually... <laughs> it's a recycled spot from a Warzone show a few <laughs> years ago. It was about 2009 or 2010 where me and Mike Peterson had to run out and make the save on a beatdown. But no one had told me about it, so it was coming up. And I was like legitimately in the middle of getting changed. And someone's like, what are you doing? You need to go back out at the end of this match. And I'm like, oh, no one, no one told me. And they're like, it's on the run sheet. And I'm like, I don't read the run sheet. <laughs> like, I just, or like, I read my portion. I wouldn't go through and read anyone else's, like, effect on the card. I'll go talk to them about it. Um, so I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, no, no, you need to, like, you need to get ready and go. I'm like, no, I'm, this is your punishment. Is I'm going to go out like this and make the save. Um, and then, yeah, it just came up. Obviously, we were talking about it at Warzone. And then the next week at BCW, it was a similar uh, aspect where we weren't really up to speed on, like, where in the card we were needed. And I'm like, well, this is coming out of the shelf. <laughs> Just to make you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. Tony and I are both here, so we can help Welsh you, <laughs> yeah, cover yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike he didn't, he was very unsuccessful in looking after you at Warzone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, appreciate so. it. Can we, can we get some help here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my one ad lib. That's the only thing I took out of that interview. You should have come back in a towel. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, please, please tell us, how did he go as a uh, as a backstage? Yeah, no, he did fantastic, I thought. It was yeah, very good. Like, uh, you the good thing is I didn't have a microphone or else you would have seen the shaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The best part was it cut away from him a few seconds in and ran another minute and then, yeah. No, it, was like, it was good though because Dowie comes in and just takes over straight away. He's, the, the personality is strong, the persona, he knows it. So you can just be care- you can be confident that you just introduce him and then let him go. Yeah, there's a um, really fun, like on that, if you go back and watch the promo we did for Fight to Survive for MCW, like the big five-man team one. I love that promo. Um, I'm so used to going in and snatching the mic and just going off. And I think I did it to Anna Ashley in the interview we did at the previous show. And you see, as she goes to ask me the question, I reach to snatch the mic and she holds on very tightly. Yeah, she- <laughs> and the entire time, I'm just sort of uncomfortably holding this mic going, both do it. I just rip it out of her hands or <laughs> do I let her win this one? <laughs> Leave it in. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting a promo in the ring hmm. for the people at the at the event, or cutting a promo backstage, obviously for future storytelling. Well, is, is there any difference between the two? Do you do you have to sell yourself any different? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, I think most people would probably say that they prefer working in front of a camera instead of a live audience because you've got the safety net of a couple takes and things like that. Um, I actually prefer working in front of a live crowd. I think it's easy, especially like for the big serious promos where I'm trying to sort of carry emotional weight. Like I think it's easier to convey that face to face with someone, mm. and I think it's easier to carry that energy as well. Like I think if you can get the mic mindset and then see people reacting naturally to that it helps in turn react naturally or empathize with what they're feeling and it sort of carries the segment a bit differently i guess if they're doing something a bit funny or a bit comedic then out the back's a lot easier especially if i'm likely to break or something like yeah. that yeah. yeah out in front of the crowd you don't have to manufacture the the atmosphere no what everyone's feeding especially off like if it, you've got like that adrenaline running and yeah yeah it's it's that it's the total feel like it it helps we say like the a whole art of wrestling is the suspension of disbelief and it's very easy when you're out there to get caught up in that and yep. let it carry you through as a performer as well as someone watching the instant feedback is helpful as well it is yeah being able to see if it's working or not like yeah definitely George Julio, he was your initial trainer? Um, Well, I started down at PCW, and initially uh, there was... I don't want to give a real name out, because I'm real, like, sus about that. Uh, There was a wrestler called Mercury down there. 
you'd know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. She was my first trainer. So okay. I trained with her for about six months. Um, and then I went on, like, obviously, I sort of went up their grading system. They had, like, level one, two, and three there. Um, and I spent some time under the enforcer. Um, and then from there, the, there was a lot of the boys that jumped ship and they started PWA. And the new trainers that were coming in, this would have been about a year into my training, and I'd maybe done a few house shows for PCW at this point. Uh, and I was only like 13. Um, and the people in charge of the... <laughs> wow. <laughs> the people in charge of like the next group of training, like these are your new trainers. They were all people that had started when I had started. Like they were a bit older than me, like they would have been about 18 or 19. But I'm like, there's not much that they've been shown that I don't know, mm. and I really want to keep up with that. So cremated took me down introduced yeah. me to George Julio and um, got me in on the training down there so I could keep around with the boys and from there George and uh, Jay Andrews like just sort of taught me everything yeah would anyone have trained more wrestlers in Australia than George Julio uh, no probably no. not yeah yeah <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's a good point it really is yeah yeah it's just amazing what he's put back in. It is. It's it's insane. He's really he got set up very well in a means that he's able to provide that, and it's it'd be very it would be very easy for him in his position to be selfish about it, and he's not in any aspect. I was just about to say he's probably had more fingers in more wrestlers than any other, like you know fingers in pies, but that probably wouldn't be the right thing to say. No. <laughs> not from you especially. No. <laughs> But we had a 15-year-old come in our second episode and he was he's just started working with George and it was just amazing because um, so many people have come in and he's had a hand in moulding this generation. Yeah, he really has. He's... I think the good thing about George is that he's an old-school wrestler who has been able to actually change his values towards wrestling to what wrestling is now. A lot of the old school wrestlers could never do that. No, they get uh, they get hung up on this is not what wrestling is. Correct, and George yeah. is able to identify, oh no, it evolves, like everything. Yeah, correct. Um, I think he was probably a bit fortunate as well in that, well not fortunate, but he was around in the right time where he saw that first shift from where it went from sort of carnival legitimacy to like a bit more tongue-in-cheek showmanship. Yeah. So I think he, the idea of the industry changing him around him wasn't as foreign as it was to people that were like set in like a very specific way. Um, but yeah, no one else has been able to adapt like Correct. that at all that's true and even like shifting like i've seen an evolution of him from when i started and wrestling was that like late 90s you need to make everyone believe what is happening real mm. to see him doing it now or he like sort of really embraces that whole performance art showmanship yeah like aspect of it all right i'm gonna bring it up because i know well she's dying to bring it up <laughs> Can we talk about your cats? Yeah, please. <laughs> please. So that's anyone with cats, they're going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> Me, I'm not a cat person, so I'm, I am, uh, I'm interested in yeah. knowing all about them. I'm a dog person, so I don't fully understand the full fascination with cats. <laughs> but uh, as one of my co-hosts... I was trying to explain before the show to him, I wasn't getting anywhere. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> um, no, it's fantastic. There's this... Um, certain sense of accomplishment that's rarely duplicated is when there's like another animal in your presence that really doesn't care about you whatsoever but then decides it would like your affection and you feel really like yes yeah, i matter that's a cat <laughs> yeah yeah and it's only for a minute just as i need to be fed yeah. oh, i think you're giving him not enough credit tony my cat's quite affectionate when there's just the two of us in the house, there's never any evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get on yeah. my lap for about 15 minutes until I get uncomfortable and my leg dying and I have to move. And then you get that look of, how dare you move? Yeah, and so I, I also get it of, I can be sitting still for like an hour or two. And the second I'm like, all right, I'm about to get up and do something, that's when they want the attention. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I sense that he's going to shift. <laughs> you, I would like to lay down now. Have you ever thrown your cat in the air? Watch it do a backflip, land on his feet, and thought that would be a great move in the ring. No, <laughs> it's Moonsault Mondays. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they never want to play along with me. <laughs> um, I know that you were a big WCW fan yes. when you were a kid. How surreal was it when you got in the ring with like Buff Bagwell? Yeah, uh, it was fantastic. That was really humbling. Buff was uh, tremendous as well. Like he really showed up. Like you never know with those guys. Like uh, there's a real mix of. 
not necessarily like a lack of passion, but maybe they're a bit burnt out and maybe they can't go like they used to be able to. Um, and they, some people embrace that very much and some people like try and cover it up and are a bit more difficult about it. Buff wanted to do, he was like just so happy to be there and wanted to work so hard, like more than his body could handle. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's like, it's crazy. Like there's moments where we did the, the shoulder tackle spot where he does his like little shuffle and i was just like looking up going oh that's right i have to do something now because it's just an awe of oh this is amazing like i can't believe i'd get this opportunity <laughs> that and um the other mind-blowing one um it, it's like my highlight to this day of what i've got to accomplish in wrestling is when i get to share the ring with chavo because that was something it was it was just like one of those dream matches that you think you'd have but it would never come around because why would i get to wrestle either of those guys <laughs> like especially in like 2015 2017 like it doesn't seem likely um but both of them like they're just so willing to give back like willing to help sort of mold and give feedback like there's been a few occasions where i've gotten in with people that are they're fine and they're positive but they're not really they obviously wrestle so often and come up with so many people that they don't have it in them to give you that face time and that one-on-one sort of coaching if they're just a fly-by stop and both of those guys were not like that at all well, Chavo's so good as well yes he is he's, and he's so smart like about wrestling I think if you go back and watch everything I did leading up to that and everything from there just like from that sort of 20 minutes of ring time with him and that like feedback and everything he's been willing to give like since then like I think it's really helped mould it me into a much better performer yeah. just thinks about it in a way that I wouldn't I, th- I think the the best like with the internationals that we have coming over now it's more of that work rate instead of the big giant name like uh, yeah you touch on Buff Bagwell he could have easily gone the other way yes and you know oh my name will sell the tickets and I don't have to do anything like where instantly you probably think of Chavo he wants to leave that place better yes for when he left and yeah, that's what MCW, I think, has found with Will Ospreay. You know, obviously, he's put certain wrestlers on the map internationally and social media-wise. Yeah, so. and I think, like, especially in that sort of down period of Aussie wrestling, there was a lot of people that had had negative experiences with internationals coming over um, in that, like, sort of their expectations not meeting what they were, like, met with. And Chavo, outside of, I think, like, Paul London came and did a bit of a stint who was a total gem as well, but Chavo was, like, MCW's first like big stage building a show around a name coming um, and really like set the groundwork with what they were willing to do later on with the guys coming in now. Um, And I remember there was like a real like on the day trepidation about, oh, we just don't know what he's going to be like if he shows up. So we have all these grand ideas, but yeah, he might just get there and be like, nah, and we'll just have to sort of accommodate that. And then for him to show up and just be so like into it and like, yeah, helpful, wanting to leave the place. Like his entire attitude is like, we got to make it better for you guys because I won't be here tomorrow sort of thing. Um, and having that, like it reinforced MCW. It's like, oh yeah, no, there are guys that we can get that'll come in like you will Ospreys that want to give everything they have to help the company build up. Yeah, well, we'll just t- on like the Will Ospreay, like you know, obviously when he came over for the Adam Brooks match and stuff like that, obviously that exploded Adam Brooks. But then also Will gets to reap the rewards when he comes back for MCW 100. You know, yes. obviously it helped MCW get to you know 1,200 fans. Will Ospreay, you know, he was a big cog in getting the, that that amount of fans there. So. Oh, Where are you going with this? I don't actually know. I'm I understand your point. Like, it, 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 he helped us get there, yeah, but so also it, he gets to come back and that's, wrestle that's, on this amazing that's show. Right. That's... You know, and then he, you know, and in turn, he wrestles a Lockie Hendricks, a Stevie Philippe. So the scene is getting bigger when he's gone. And the talent is rising by the time he comes back. Exactly. Is what I was trying to say. I, I think there's this. Um... How the hell did you get that out of that? <laughs> Wrestling <laughs> fans. Being yeah. polite, Tony. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, but I definitely think there's this big shift in culture recently where it's everyone's realizing, like, with All In and things like that, that there's room for this uh, industry, like, for, to be successful outside of the one corporate machine that's always existed. And I think that they now realize that it can't be a selfish game if that's going to happen, yep. which is, yeah, wicked. And you're getting in the ring with Lockie soon? Yes, yeah, it will be. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah, it will be. It'll be fun. It'll be really quick. I'm really looking forward to the night. <laughs> night off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as close to as I can get. Because how long did it take you to pin him at the last show? Uh, it was about 30 seconds. Hands on hands, I'd say about five. <laughs> <laughs>
But his his um entrance will be fun. Yes, yeah, exactly. That'll be really good to look nah. forward to. He, nah, nah, nah. His, his <laughs> tantrum on the way out, I think, is going to be spectacular as well. Uh, it was really fun at the Mayhem show mm. on Sunday where you weren't advertised. Yes. I mean, I saw your merch on the table when I walked in, so I thought either, either Josh is being really nice and selling stuff for you. It's, you, you know how Crackerjack has like, um, like these crazy clauses in his Legends contract with yes. Australian wrestling? I have a clause that allows me to sell merch at any show that's going on in Australia, regardless of if yeah, I'm there as a good. fan or wrestler. Yeah. Was it fun to come out and surprise the crowd like that? Yeah, it was. It's nerve-wracking. There was a moment because um, <laughs> the social media guy was out the back getting ready to film the entrance for the reaction. And I'm like, oh, but what if I just walk out and it's, uh. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> then it might be going on social media. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a bit... It's a big name to keep off their promotional posters for their first show. It is, and there was discussion about it um, because I had reached out uh, just looking at the Crawford talent. I was like, oh, I'd like to really like be involved in this. It looks like a lot of fun, and I think I have a lot to give back. Um, so there was discussion about... like the. I can help promote, but obviously I can't if I'm going to be the surprise on the show. Um, but it's, I, I think it sort of helps cultivate the culture that they're building down there is that they want the shows to be unpredictable. They want you to not know what's going to happen. That To go back to like a 90s vibe of Nitro where you're watching because they're not going to give you everything. You need to be there to experience it, mm. which I think is really fun. That's good. Like yeah. It's that sort of attitude that makes me want to be involved. So. Yeah. Well, JXT is a big WCW fan. Yeah, exactly. So. It makes a lot of sense, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wonder where I've seen that font before. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the ad and I texted him. I goes, you? <laughs> so is the future Holman? Um, who knows? Uh, just hands-on at the Academy at the moment. That's been a fantastic like, eye-opening experience to tackle. I, I've sort of had my share of people that I, I feel like I've helped sort of like reach a different level, but they've always come in with knowledge. Like it's always been in written workers that I can sort of help sort of shape their vision of what they see them and what I think they can work to. Um, so to tackle it with just fresh faces that have never had anything to do with it, like it's been it, it, challenging, but like I, I haven't the time of my life and there's nothing more inspiring than seeing Jay Andrews like just, work with the new cropper talent like he's that's he's going to be george julio in 10 mm, years in yeah. that he will have had hands on everyone coming through this scene and he would have helped shape like this whole new evolution of like our industry he's just so passionate and so patient like i i just i can't wait to see what we churn out from there and i'm looking forward to the first time you get in the ring with one of those guys yes yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so exciting there's like a couple down there at the minute that i'm like oh i just like give it a year or two and i can't wait to tear the house down with you or be retired because my body doesn't work at that point <laughs> <laughs> and you on from the sidelines <laughs> a final one if i may go you say you have normally 15 at a class yeah so you've got a fair few guys and girls coming through how how many does the sport churn up to how many get actually through to the ring that's a good question. Um, Thanks, that's why I asked. Yeah, it's... <laughs> well, I mean, it's still... We don't have an average at the minute because the Academy's only been up and running for yeah. about just under two months now. Um, but I'm tipping not everyone that steps in the ring says, well, this is actually probably not... No, and the there's... bump would eliminate a Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot. Like, so with our Academy, we have an initial tryout process. Like, so if you are at all interested, I should have got the website written down, but if you just Google, like, Melbourne City Wrestling Academy, like, it'll come up as the first result. So we do an assessment where you'll come and try it out, and there is a big percentage of people that come down that realise it. They're like, oh, I would love to be a wrestler. And then they see the work that goes in and go, oh, no, I don't have it in me to be a wrestler. Yeah. Um, and then you're right. Like, sort of, there's only X amount of spots, but we have people that are coming coming in that I think are very passionate about the business and will find roles elsewhere. Like they'll find roles in announcing. They might find it in on-screen stuff that isn't necessarily in ring. Yeah. We, of course, need referees and stuff like that. Like, um, But it's also constant like there's so many with the boom that's happening now like with mayhem and things like that there is not necessarily just melbourne city wrestling but there is a bunch of like opportunities out there coming up for up-and-coming wrestlers so it is like a really fortunate time there wouldn't be as any opportunities as there are now yeah. 10 years ago and i think that's where pcw does it probably right is that they have those friday nights 
Yeah, for, the, for the those young Friday kids. Night yeah. Shows are really valuable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just gives them a chance to get in the ring. It does. Yeah, in and front of a crowd as well. Exactly. Good. And there's these places like Mayhem that all, like, yes. you saw a lot of new talent on that, like a lot of guys that aren't necessarily mainstays anywhere else. Like, yeah. places like that are so important. Um, just to A, give fans, because it's so spread out. Like, I know as a wrestling fan, one show in a month isn't enough for me. So, like, MCW wouldn't, like, hold my attention exclusively yeah. in terms of if I went to them. Um, but also, yeah, for young talent to get out, to experience crowds all crowds react differently as well like your BCW crowd's very different to your MCW crowd you couldn't give them the same product and I think it's important for workers to expose themselves to workers that have been trained differently and crowds that are after a different taste of the same art you're still the MCW heavyweight champion? No. No, that's right. You went to the last show. That's right, I did too, and I saw you. Oh, God. We thank the former MCW heavyweight champion. He's had just about every title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a good run. Dowie, thank you so much for coming in, mate. Really do appreciate it. It's been great having a chat to you for, for a few minutes about uh, your life and your career in wrestling, and hopefully it goes for a lot longer to come. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank Thank you James much. joining us here on the Turnbuckle. <laughs> the music of Mick Foley brings us back here to our second segment of On the Turnbuckle. Uh, Jewish Dowie James, what a great interview there, boys. We could have gone, same as Cracker Jack last week, we could have gone a full hour with him. Yeah, I have definitely. a lot of questions left on my notepad. That I have to bring him back, too. I didn't even get a chance to ask the listener questions that we had, <laughs> so I may get some hate on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you, oh, you're yes. used to that anyway. Uh, one of the questions was good, too. Was it about his favourite... Um, uh, something art? Was it to do with art? No, oh, I did see that. Uh, yeah. Nude art, The yeah. 14th... Century. The fourteenth century. Yeah, yeah. too many to choose from. That wouldn't have been fair to ask him that. No, yeah. no so true. Uh, let's have a look at what's been happening in the week of wrestling, boys. WWE released a Mick Foley network special. Hence the reason why we had mixed music there at the start. I presume that's the reason, is it? Yes, it's no, not a coincidence. Good, no. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, Mick celebrating twenty years since his infamous Hell in the Cell match with the Undertaker. I thought it was a really good show. I in, I enjoyed it. I enjoy uh, Mick Foley's take on storytelling obviously he does like to self-indulge and put himself over while pretending he's not doing that um i enjoyed it i my wife told me to turn it down a couple of times because i laughed too loud at some of his jokes but uh it, it was interesting you know he got a bit emotional at, at parts i thought it was good when he was speaking to um the female wrestler daphne mm. and stuff like that oh yeah i quite enjoyed it I didn't like it, oh. and I didn't laugh at all. I didn't find it funny. Um, I don't know. I think if I'd paid a lot of money to go and see that one-man show, I would be really upset. It Parts of it were good, but, I mean, I'm a wrestling fan, and I should be eating that up because that's like when I grew up watching wrestling. But for me, it seemed to... Uh, there was a disconnect for me. Um, I don't know what it age. was. You've... you've... I mean, I don't think cynical. So. I, I, yeah, I, I'm cynical. No, no. I, the message is fine, but I just, I he lost me a little bit, um, and I was, I was regretting staying up and watching it. Oh, and that okay. never happens with wrestling. Yeah. See, I, I, he holds a special place for me because he was my favourite yeah. uh, during the Attitude Era. Um, he was the first wrestling book I read, and I've read all his books since. I loved his. Yeah, even book. his. You know. The novels and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, well, I thought it was really good. One thing about wrestling fans that I noticed very early in the special, when he... If anyone's speaking to a wrestling crowd and they just mention another wrestler's name who's not in the room, wrestling fans will cheer. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> like, Terry Funk's name gets uh, mentioned and then uh, all these blokes are cheering along like as if Funk could hear. Well, that always makes me laugh. He might have been backstage. He might have been. Possibly. Why wouldn't you bring him on stage? It was the 20th anniversary of that Hell in a Cell match. We had the weekend anniversary of uh, Hell in a Cell. What did you think of it, boys? I thought it was quite enjoyable. It was, you know, it had its good and its bads, obviously. But, um, yeah, from top to bottom, it was pretty easy to watch for, for mine. 
some WWE pay-per-views are not easy to watch. That one was a pretty comfortable way to spend three and a half, four hours. The first, like right up until the main event, I'd, the main event was awful. It was one of the, it was the worst Hell in a Cell match I've ever seen, I think. The fact that um, Roman can't carry a main event to the to the point the shield and Dolph and basically Seth and Dolph carried the main event and they weren't even in it yeah by wrestling on top of the cage it and then there was no there was no winner yeah um, and I don't mind Brock coming out and destroying them both but there should have still been a winner you don't stop a Hell in the Cell match especially when apparently Braun's well enough to wrestle two days later yeah well I, I actually thought when he when Brock, you know, he beat down with the the table and it was flying everywhere and it was good. It was a really good beat down. And then he hit the F5. I actually thought that was going to be the pin because he did F5'd him onto On the... top of him. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty... It's creative. Inter- yeah, interesting way to end the match and, and then they just rolled off and... And two the F5s isn't enough usually to put a, to have a no contest on a no disqualification match. You, I've seen um, Braun Strowman... Uh, beaten with like so many weapons and he still gets up but and walks away he he had a truck run into him when he was in the back of a car and he got out and walked away but apparently an f5 is too much for him yeah well hulk hogan threw the the big show off a building and he came back in the main event so wcw that was the giant (laughs) oh giant sorry yeah but other than that it was a good show i thought uh the tag team the The raw tag tag team title matches is as good a WWE match I've seen this year. Yeah. Yeah, um, other than take NXT out yeah. of it, obviously, just straight WWE. That, that's got to be in the top three. Uh, it's Definitely. It's good a match. Uh, everything except for the Miz mixed tag match, which mixed tag matches are really difficult. Yeah. They at least told a story. Yeah, and they're building to, a obviously, a bigger story, which they touched on a bit more in, on SmackDown. But what did you think of the the borrowed spot of Hardy... And Orton with the ear. Well, this was mentioned on Wrestling Observer Online. Yeah, Dave Meltzer gave it a shout out. Uh, that yeah, this is the spot that Avery and Erica Reed first did at under at the first Underworld Wrestling show with the screwdriver through the ear. It was hard to watch. Yeah, it really hard. It, to it watch. got it stretched it that far. I actually thought they could tear it here, and hopefully yeah, he knew he knew how much. Uh, he could stretch it, obviously, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it was it was tough. It was yeah, very very. If you haven't cringe-worthy. seen it, look at it. It's if you can stomach it. That is, yeah. Let's move on to Monday Night Raw, and Roman Reigns uh, retains the Universal Championship. He did, yeah, he did. It was like you said. It's it's tough for him to carry carry a main event even on, on his own, even on Raw. You know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I've I've noticed with his matches now. I think it's just to keep. The crowd, they well, yeah. Just touching back on uh, Hell in the Cell. Soon as they called for the bell, and they just went straight straight off the air, and then we seen video of it afterwards with the crowd chanting, obviously what they were chanting. So it WWE wasn't complimentary. No, that's right. Yeah, so WWE very aware of it. So obviously, you know, by adding in um, Seth and yeah, and it's Ambrose, not, it's not enough. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not. Uh, then you had. Uh, Ronda Rousey, obviously they're setting up... This is what I really liked. They're setting up the Super Super Showdown main event. Yep. The bell has got a pop when they came out. Yeah, I think it was for the for the save. But, you know, and I know they're hinting at the um, Natalia, and I like the way they did it with yeah. her music playing, and then the crowd said, oh, you know, this is coming, coming now. And then, you know, the, the Riot Squad coming out with the beatdown and... Of course, the big news out of Raw was The Undertaker again appearing, yep. which was good, and they announced that Kane, obviously, is going to be in his corner in Melbourne, so we're going to have the mayor yeah. in uh, The Undertaker's corner, and obviously, Shawn Michaels in Triple H's corner. It should be fun. So another very good entrance that we'll get to see. Smackdown, guys? Smackdown, uh, they're obsessed with Becky Lynch being a heel, and the crowd aren't going with it, and... I don't know why they want to force it. They they could really use her as a ass kicking baby face. Yeah, you don't want to say stone stone cold, but in the that same sort that. of vein that that grey area. She's a baby face, but, but she, she wrestles. I mean, but she she's, doesn't care. She's she's a heel, but she wrestles other heels, which 
is basically what Stone Cold was. Wrestle yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Wrestle anybody. yeah, that's right. You know, and because her character and, you know, the fans love her. And Charlotte's not sympathetic. I feel like I'm a broken record. I don't yeah. want to talk about Charlotte anymore. <laughs> but Rusev Day have split up. Yeah. Which is yeah, they've been same. hinting at it a while. Yes. Um, we didn't get that moment, though. Nah. No, so... Daniel Bryan nearly got caught in a trap. Yeah, he did. He he, he snuck out, but he, like, he, he explained himself afterwards once he realised the Miz was calling him out. He knew there was something up his sleeve. So a little bit clever. you got to out, outwit these, some of these heels. And they obviously announced that officially that the match between the Miz and Daniel Bryan will be for number one contender to the WWE title, Excellent. which matches need stakes, and that's all, yep. we, that's all we ever ask for. 205 Live, guys, has changed its time slot for the better or worse? I think for the better. It obviously won't be live anymore, but you have you already have 205 Live at the moment after two hours of SmackDown and then a half hour of Mixed Match Challenge. And then it's a lot to ask people to watch six hours or six and a half hours of wrestling in two days, especially on a pay-per-view week where it, it's a lot more. Moving it to... Wednesday or well, shouldn't Thursday. Shouldn't we all be at work when it's live? I'm talking about in general. Moving it to Wednesday or Thursday our time means that the hardcore fans get their favourite two shows on the same day and it's two hours of wrestling that'll be really easy to watch. I tended to watch 205 live on a on a Thursday anyway, so it's I think it's a good move. Yeah, it's a really easy and easy, you know, 45 minutes to watch like NXT is you know and it's a good lead in for NXT which we you know they kind of call it 205 now it's recorded live yeah it's so, fine no, it should be good 205 was live <laughs> uh, you mentioned Welshy the build up to uh, the the Melbourne shows and uh, of course the Super Showdown it is good isn't it uh, we've, I don't think we've really been in this situation before where we've had the anticipation of knowing that what they're doing now is going to affect what we see in a couple of weeks' time. Maybe 2001 WCW when they brought a show yeah. to Melbourne. But <laughs> with this one, what I'm enjoying is it's making me excited for mm. Super Showdown. The fact that it's intertwined in all the storylines at the moment, uh, with the exception of some of the female storylines, which are geared up to evolution, evolution. It's been really enjoyable to see everyone talking about Melbourne and talking about the Australian show we have tickets so yeah. it's it's a really it's going to be a really good uh month for australian wrestling fans i think yeah hearing hearing uh mcg in melbourne on a monday night raw it's it's good because you know look maybe a month ago we thought it could have been a glorified house yeah. show but now that it actually has consequences you know that we're seeing on raw and smackdown i think it's going to make it for a more enjoyable night we should also mention too if you're interested in attending uh mcw or wrestle rock prior to Super Showdown, get in quick because tickets are selling really, really fast. Not too many left. Well, I know that MCW is close to a sellout. I think there's probably only 100 tickets left, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so definitely get onto that because every wrestling fan who's coming from interstate is going to want to see that show and you don't want to be disappointed. And Wrestle Rock, it's not a huge venue. Nah, nah. Yes, yeah. The corner hotel. I don't think no, it's, it, not. it's not going to hold, you know. Not with a wrestling ring in the middle of it. No, that's right. And they're still going to have a band on the stage as well. So, yeah. yeah. So get into that now. And Actually, in effect, if you're not wrestling on the card, you probably won't get in. It's that small. <laughs> it's not yeah. that small. But we got our tickets, so we're right. Well, boys, we had the opportunity uh, on Sunday to go to the brand new promotion, Mayhem. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We thought we'd get JXT online just to sort of give us a bit of a, a wrap on, as to how it all went. JXT, g'day to you. Boys, what's going on? J-Stick. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Well, no, a lot's going on, and uh, we're really happy and excited about the way that all went down on Sunday. I'm sure you are too. Yeah, we were pumped. It was a great show. Sunday afternoon, we had a good crowd in there, and yeah, everything was great. It went well. We had Dowie James in earlier, and it was a brave move to not announce him on the promotional uh, posters, but it was great to have that surprise when you're in the venue. Yeah, well, I think at Mayhem we're talking about like things that we think are missing in, somewhat, in wrestling, and a lot of things like surprises. So many shows, just every cart match is announced with every person. You know exactly what you're getting before you rock up. So we wanted some surprises on the day so people feel like it's worth 
coming or like if there's you know something like oh you never know what you'll get or we never know what's going to happen so we wanted that surprise and yeah you're right it's probably it would it was risky because you might maybe you could argue that a few more people would have come if they knew beforehand how it was on but that's what that's what we want now we want that vibe that you need to come and invest in mayhem's a thing you not you don't know what you're going to get that old, that old school WCW Nitro vibe of anything can happen. Yes, very <laughs> much so. Love the way the uh, the stories built, especially towards the six person tag at the end. I uh, thought that was fantastic. And uh, she she goes all right, Kellyanne. Yeah, she's, she's a beast, isn't she? Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. I, that's the first time I'd actually I think I'd seen her. Is it? No, she was at she was at um, MCW. Yeah, she was at MCW. That's what she was too. Uh, I think I forgot about that yeah. night for some reason. Everything <laughs> about that night. I no one else has. <laughs> no, I think the the best thing coming from the weekend was we've got Sunday wrestling and intergender wrestling. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to more of that. Yeah, and it was great just to see it all come together and work well too, because I think people were skeptical on things like that. So yeah, both those things we really they really got knocked out of the park. So it was great. I really love the tag match with uh, Waterman, yeah. Berry, and Lindo and Camby. They really got the crowd involved and um, interacted well, which sort of made the second half of the show amazing. Perfect, then. Um, I, I had a lot of friends come that aren't wrestling fans, and they said, they said, oh, that tag match, they said that was great, it was funny, it was good wrestling at the same time. So I think they do a great job of connecting with people like that. Yeah, the perfect four guys for that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, Tony told me to ask, did you like the way he just kept doing uh, and creating more signs? As the night went on, <laughs> or the afternoon went on. Sign guy. Yeah, the, he's, he wants to be the Mayhem Pro sign guy. Is that all right? Well, yeah, no, he's earned his title. Because I've seen it, because I went out, and when I first went out there, the sign just said JXT, and then at the end of the night, I look out, and he's added plus Kellyanne, plus Ali, oh, which right. I just uploaded to Instagram. <laughs> he was a little bit upset that he wasn't asked to commentate on the show. We've had to we had to hold him back from, <laughs> from jumping the fence and taking over the microphone. Well, especially when it, after the break, I was told that uh, the guy that was commentating, the wrestler that you had commentating at the time, cracked the shits and went off. And I thought, yeah. and he said, now we've got a special guest. And I go, oh, shit, they're just going to call me out of the crowd. But no, it never happened. Yeah, me, yeah. Me, yeah, me yeah, and we well, know. We know. well, they need someone who knows the names of the moves, Tony. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and now we now we know his backup. If we ever need someone, we'll just come out and point to the Shebex side. You know, I'm there, you know yeah. I'm there for you, brother. You know I'm there for you're, you. You are there. Um, but, um, now, it's something different, too, that obviously people on the night wouldn't have realised as much. But when the show goes online, that we're going to be having re- wrestlers doing commentary as well yeah. with the show, along with, you know, play by, with Lindsay Howell from the Playboy Place. So that way... It's another element of difference to our shows. Progresses the storyline as well, which will be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything everything's got to have a reason to make sense. I think with wrestling, and yeah, but the more works. things that can flow and intertwine, the better. But it works in every other sport. So why shouldn't it work in wrestling? That you know, your special commentators are ex ex players or you know injured players. Why shouldn't that happen in wrestling? Yeah, exactly. And I think at a lot of the top at the top level, it really does too. Yeah. If you haven't been to the dance, how can you talk about it, you know? Correct. Yeah. I know me and uh, when Vance said he wasn't going to commentate the second half of the show, me and Walsh, she both looked at Tony and thought, hang on, is he kayfabed us? Is he is he going to go and get on the mic over there and get on the cans? Uh, so, yeah, he, 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 he soured up a little bit. I'll, I'll give, you know. So you thought he's coming in and he worked you guys? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, hang on, is he going to get the call here? His debut, uh, and I'm good at that. Too. And obviously, stay tuned for the show to be released online and for Mayhem too. Yeah, so what? That's what will happen. The show will go up online, and when it does, when it, when once the footage is all collated and edited and stuff, when the footage goes online, dates for next year will go up, and then hopefully, yeah, we can keep that ball rolling at Mayhem. Mayhem two. What are we looking at? Date wise, uh, probably so. So far, the plan is for February next year. Okay, cool, beautiful. Excellent. And the yeah. same venue? Uh, yes, it'll be at the same venue, unless okay. something happens ridiculously. <laughs> uh, no, and the only reason I say that is because that venue, I don't think, could have held too much more. And I, oh, I think yeah. I, you know, it might have held an extra 100 or so. But I'm, I'm hoping for your sake that the the uh, the vibe that comes out from what people see on, online and stuff and from what people have probably heard, uh, in, including this show, brings that crowd to a good three, 400 people maybe next time around. 
Yeah, I think you're best off. Like we 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 did speak about that, and we thought maybe next time there's ways we can configure the arena to fit more people in. Yeah. And then um yeah, and then like you said, if we can sell that venue out and buy our next show, and then for the rest of next year, then we're going to be in a good spot to find a bigger place, which yeah. will be a good thing. And I mean, it's not it doesn't hurt to have tickets as a hot item and have people needing to buy them early. It creates buzz. Yeah, a sellout yeah. always sounds good. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. If it's packed and it's full, and because it was so, like you said, because it was sort of the right size for the right amount of people, it creates a great vibe and a great atmosphere. So, like I said, if we can get that place full, it'll be electric. Final one for you, mate. What was it like being a promoter? Um, different, scary. <laughs> um, it's not just me. I will say there's a, no, there's, true. There is a team of us, but um, you know, just the way things. It was very much a. Well, if no one else wants to do Sundays, we want to wrestle more. We'll do it ourselves. And the fact that we thought, sort of thought, you much as we, I think everyone does it with any sort of profession, like oh, we could do this better than them, or we could do this on our own, sort of thing. Is it's one thing to say, and then it's one thing to actually go out and do it. And things actually flowed really smoothly, which was scary. But I'd like to thank everyone that came and had faith in us and supported us, and hopefully they're there for more times to come. Yeah, congratulations, mate. You had a go, and it's worked, and hopefully it continues to uh, down the track. Yeah, well uh, done, thanks. mate. It was really enjoyable. Uh, thank you. Now, nah, congratulations, mate. Looking forward to Mayhem Pro too. That's it. Keep posted. So it was JXT joining us on the line. Boys, a pretty happy promoter. He was, and I'm sure that the whole team are really happy because it was a good show. It, it was. was better than a first show as any right to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it was fun. It was. You know, I think I got home at seven o'clock, so at a four o'clock start. Like yeah. it was, you know, two and a half hours. It what didn't there was no drag. It was good. The wrestlers yeah. were really accessible. Yeah, every single wrestler was out mingling with the yeah. crowd. And I know that the little, the, like, if you want to take your kids to a show, that's definitely what you want to Perfect. do. Yep, yeah, without a doubt. And Tony had the sign up during Lindo's match saying, uh, "Lindo didn't Did return call my call." Yeah. That was a highlight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially when he noticed it, he said, I defied, but he went straight to Boswell. Uh, hey, let's have a look at some of the shows that are coming up, guys. Uh, Friday, the 21st of September, of course, that's this week. Uh, PCW Slam at Ferntree Gully. PWSA have uh, Friday night fights in Adelaide as well. I like the way you've done the new format of this. It actually, the two days are separated now. It's nice. Thank you, Welsh. <laughs> There's three days. <laughs> oh, there is two. Saturday, the 22nd of September, PCW Ignition at Ferntree Gully is on. EPW in Perth will be appearing at the Perth show for the next week or so. And UPW have a show at the Gympie Civic Centre. Doors open at 6.30. And on Sunday, the 23rd of September, Glow IRL takes place. In real place. life. In real life. Thank you, Glow. In real life. Just help me out. Takes place at, uh, where's that, Evie's Diner? Yes. Mm, where's that? Fitzroy. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Tickets are sold out, though, but oh, I'm just excited that. about the show, so I wanted to mention it. Mm. All-female show, and a lot of great workers on the card, so I'll uh, I'll report what it's like to you guys. Fantastic. Can, you re- can your girlfriend do a report as well? I can ask her. Yes. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be good well, to hear. Know, as, a, as a non-wrestling yeah, fan. I'll, I'll see if she yeah. wants to ring in next week. She, I mentioned it to her and she gave me the death stare, but we'll, I'll try again. All right, yep. beautiful. Also, uh, I wanted to mention Showdown Wrestling have got uh, half-price tickets at the moment for their next show if you get in now. So that's definitely something if you're planning on going to the show anyway. Yep. Definitely support it and get some tickets early. Yep. And I know that early bird tickets for Underworld 3 are only available until Friday, and then the prices will go up. Yeah, and we show down our guest, Dowie James, is on the card. I'm pretty sure he's wrestling in the main event against the Enforcers' last ever match it as is, well. It is, yes. So that's a bargain. You're going to see those two go at it the last time. Especially as I think the Enforcer had a lot to do with Dowie as he was breaking in. So definitely worth going to see that. That'll mean a lot to both competitors. And also, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Super Showdown times have been posted haven't they the last week or so 4.30 gates open I believe 6.30 pre-show yep and then yep. Uh, of course the, the main event after that then the broadcast starts yeah it'll it'll be a, a do we know anything about the pre-show yet well when they say pre-show I don't think it's I don't know if it's the official pre-show or what so I think I don't have a lot of information okay, cool. I'm, I'm not that we'll tight do, with we'll Triple H. Digging. All, all I want to know is I'm not fussed what time we have to be at the show what time do the Americans have to wake up 
I want to be them. They, I want them to be that's your homework for next. Yes, yeah, that's about four thirty in the morning. Well, it perfect. depends on where you. It's a big country. Yeah, yeah perfect. That's true. That's true. good. Uh, this is a big country too, and thank you for listening to us wherever you are in it at the moment or overseas as well. This has been another episode of On the Turnbuckle. Welsh and Lyle, catch you next week. See you next week, mate. Good we have Mike Burr on next week. Ooh, nice. Look forward to having a chat to him right here on mypodcasthouse.com.